Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Uh, pretty good, I believe so. It's uh, fall here in Indiana, uh, in the Midwest of the United States, and we have begun to have actual fall weather. Meaning, meaning not just the weather, but I, I don't want to talk about the weather, but like the pretty trees, right? Color, mm, cut, we have yeah. colorful trees uh, that you'll have around this latitude line. I was driving, not driving, I was riding along in the car somewhere. Oh, we went up to a brewery in Michigan uh, called Dark Horse for my youngest sister's birthday. Mm -hmm. And dad and I were observing all the uh, the trees changing color because it's that, it's that time of year. Are you, uh, you getting all excited for Halloween? Have you got purple garland on your Christmas tree or whatever. I have not yet. I have been very bad. Not purple, orange. Orange. Sorry, I don't know why I said purple. I I have been very bad with the holiday this year. We, we, you're right. We usually do our Halloween tree October first, and we have no. uh, It's it's a little different though because I kept my holiday tree up all year long, and Mm -hmm. but made it just white lights, right? So it's kind of like a tree. Uh, So maybe I was less enthused about changing the landscape because it's just it's already there but mm. yeah you're right no i need i need to get not just that i need to get into like the spooky spirit of things you know get not just decorations but watch shows and you know get some scary things going on i, I just haven't done it as much this year uh, sydney keeps reminding me we need to go out we we i think i might have mentioned this on the show we several years ago we decided that we because costumes are kind of expensive unless you buy cheapy mm-hmm. ones every year that we would buy right. one that we like and then we just keep building to it every year, adding, you know, this year we'll spend $40 each mm-hmm. on yeah, yeah, yeah. pieces. And she chose steampunk. So we've kind of been buying steampunk pieces. She keeps reminding me we need to go out and buy that stuff. She's 15 now. So she's getting pretty much there where she can't really go trick or treating, but she can go out with Lola mm. and, and do, and do that stuff. Right. So right. She, she still enjoys it and gets to have fun with it. And, and so do I. Uh, so yeah, we, yeah, I know I, I probably mentioned this when we talked about it, but um, I thought I was going to do uh, uh, Coach Beard from the Coach mm-hmm. Beard episode yeah. of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, but all of the official, uh, you know, um, uh, AC Richmond, is it AC? Whatever. AFC Richmond. Richmond. Uh, AFC, that's it. I knew that wasn't right. Um all the official merch is really expensive. Right. And it's like you said, expensive costumes. I'm like, first I would have to raid every Goodwill trying to find hippie pants. <laughs> and then and those are important. drop get- like drop like $150 just for the jacket. And it's not even a jacket. It's like a long sleeve shirt. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I don't love the idea that much. It's like one of those times you wish you could be a good like seams seamster or seamstress or seam whatever they're called. Sure. I mean, I did that at Gen Con uh to whatever, Gen Con before this this last in in 2019. Mm-hmm. I went as Hopper. Right. And um I got a little help from my mom because she did high school uh uh theater sewing stuff, so she had some connections there and was able to get me um a shirt like a sheriff's khaki shirt and then all i had to do was buy um the patch kit for hopper which is like there's a metal badge and a little metal nameplate and then some patches and i can sew patches on on shoulders but uh yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, anyway. I remember that being a pretty good one. I think everybody got mm-hmm. it that year. Uh, right. The, yeah. The coach beard one would be pr- pretty great. That is, that is a, a great costume. He ends up with there at the end. So it t- takes yeah. a little work. Definitely one of those good inside joke type things or, you know, in the know, right. I would say. I'm, I'm also not really doing anything particularly Halloween-y. Yeah, um, yeah. I am going to fly out and visit uh, our friends Fox and, and his family in uh, out in in New England area, D.C. Yep. area. and um, But we're going to go see a college football game. That, the uh, sports? You're going to go watch the sports? Yeah, we're going to go watch the sports. Um, but it's IU playing... Uh, university of maryland mm. so so if you get if you, if you listeners are out there in, in, in the maryland area you might catch a, a glimpse of the dennis at, at, the, at the football game T- tailgating right are you guys yeah. playing on tailgating i think a little bit yeah a little bit we we had uh we won't have any of our you know to me tailgating means trotsky and the hoosier gold yeah and all that and yeah. obviously none of that'll be there right yeah we we uh had some last Saturday we went out to tailgating. It was I won't bore everybody with the the, the uh, minutia of it, but it it rained, and it was one of those like straight up thick misty rains where it's not like big water drops coming down, but little like mist constantly coming down. So you're just kind of soaked and don't really realize it. You you do realize yeah. it, but you don't. You're not good enough to in mind to get out of it. Right. If it, if it was raining big drops, you'd be like, everybody get underneath the awning. But no, it's just kind of this thing that uh, keeps everything cold and wet. And it was a night game. So it was, it was just one of those, you know, times. Sometimes you just got to have a, a bad tailgate occasionally. Plus, we were playing Ohio State and sure. they kicked our butts. So it was terrible. Hmm. They are a good football team and we are not. Um, anyway, tailgating is fun. I, I, I always like that. And hopefully we'll have some more better tailgating stories this as the season goes on, we've got a couple more games left. Um, hmm. But beyond that, I uh, have not gotten into, like I said, not gotten into stuff. Uh, uh, Shelly has, really likes to get into the decorating the yard and decorating the house stuff. So when we get our house together, I'm sure it will be. Uh, I'm going to super support that. And whatever she wants to get, we will. Super nice. will be those people that have the graveyards in their front yard and such. So I'm, I'm all. Well, speaking I'm all. of... Uh... Speaking of scary Halloween witchcraft and whatever, I don't know. I, <laughs> the segue worked better in my head. Um, last week we were going to talk about your uh, new D and D thing that you oh. that you ran session. Yeah, it's, it's a what is it? I I keep calling it a one off, and that's I don't know if that's the right term, but it's kind of a little mini campaign yeah i mean how would you describe yeah uh adventure i just say adventure um okay just like a single yeah that's the single adventure the nomenclature for D &D role-playing people out there it's just an adventure um so are you are you trying to kickstart your kickstart is i don't mean (laughs) kickstart with capital k but are you trying to kick off your i know you were you had in the works a kind of expanded uh interconnected kind of uh um, D world yeah. thing you were you were thinking of doing is this part of that or is it this is. just a it is okay yeah and, and I think I think I mean I've I've thought about it in a long time and and I've kind of occasionally done um for for those that don't know I've been a, a D 
dungeon master, a DM, a person who runs the a host. If you don't know role playing games, which the host for a uh, for playing D and D since I was fifteen. So I've played it for a long time and on and off, not like constantly all the time, but on and off. Um, and over that time, you know, you just have a lot of players and friends and characters and such that come and go. And some people play the same ones in different campaigns and, you know, with different people or it's, it's just a fun thing that you mm-hmm. can do. Uh, so I, I've kind of made these people, my friends and their characters carry over from adventure to venture. So like Dennis would play a, a character sure. and then um, maybe the next time I play with some other friends, his character shows up and is a non-player character. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, so I've kind of done that for a while, but I've never really kind of put it all real down into paper, right? Until the last okay, year or sure. so. Um, and I and I know that I do regular, re, on a regular basis, at least three or four times every year, get people asking me to play D&D, like to run, sure. right? Um, yeah, yeah. Say, hey, I'd love to do that. I miss doing that. And I, man, I would do that in a heartbeat. It's, it's really surprisingly how people say ask me that, which I love doing. Um, but I just kind of decided that from now on I can do everything will just be in this area the way I, you know, kind of officially, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to intentionally run and put everything in this kind of world building type thing. Kind of um, connected. Connected. World. Yeah. And that way sure. everyone knows it's out up front, you know, like, oh, I can expect my character to retire in this area or make it that way. So anyway, hmm. uh, and that way I can do some crossing over of stuff. And we have, and you're right, so I've, I've kind of started this thing, and we had an adventure. It was just an answer to some friends in our friend group. Hey, I'd love to play. You want to play? I said, yeah, I can run something that's not a campaign. There's a keyword. Campaign meaning multiple adventures that has one huge story arc. Think um, Avengers Endgame with all 10 years of Marvel. That's a campaign um, mm-hmm. where each individual one is kind of an adventure, Right. Right. And, and I had said, yeah, I, I would, I'd love to, to play adventure. I think that we're all older now and while it's cool to invest 10 years in your life, something it's also cooler to just like have two weeks, you know, two sessions to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sure. I ran one of those and it's uh, for, I guess would be our first session and had a really good time. That's the people who played uh, friends of the show would be our friend, Pat, Captain Chris, uh, Justin, who's been on before um, and Sydney, my daughter. Uh, and we, okay. yeah, we, we played through, ha- had some good time. We interacted with some characters that were uh, former characters. And here's something that's been kind of neat is that there was time for people to go and start meeting people in the town and do some role-playing time, mm-hmm. right? Especially mm-hmm. with a small four-player group, you can kind of do that and people won't lose interest. They can be involved. Um, yeah, I've I've heard that and, and found that to be true. Like four true. or five people. We had five people when we did Star Trek and it was mostly okay but every once in a while um you know i would i would get as says you know running it yeah i would get i would get going with with one of you you know had a good interaction with whatever npc was and then somebody else is is you know getting a little bored yeah and then and then they'll try to they'll like run it off the rails to try to get the attention back to them yeah they'll either do that or or just kind of withdraw and because we were playing remote and then they're not really having a good time and it's a constant. Uh, it's the, it's a battle. Yeah, it's definitely action. a battle. Um, yeah. And you're right with with this, a small, I think four is a great number that, that you can, you know, keep people's close enough attention, especially in person. I, I, I 
I mm-hmm. sympathize with you being remote when you had done it. Uh, it's got to be more difficult. Uh, but so we were in person, we could have that kind of interaction. Um, and, uh, so they, anyway, they get to go through role play. A lot of the people in town, which I, you know, I've got very broad experience of the people in town and it's, it makes sure. it easier for me to, to role play the other side of, I know these, as they say, motivations of people are speaking to what they do and what they want. Um, and it was, uh, some of these were like hooks for other adventures, which is really kind of really fun. Like Pat, for example, had came up and they were looking the, all four of them were looking for ways to make money. Right. And sure, of course and that's something they were, they were doing here. So they're going to talking to people. And at one thing, one of the characters, a blacksmith in the town had, uh, some, he just needed some, like a person to go out and talk to some elves across the way. He doesn't like elves. Right. And of course he's a dwarf and he had to go travel a little bit and like do some diplomacy stuff to them. Well, that's not like a whole party thing. It's not like we're all going to go to a whole mission to do it. It's just something else. And, and Pat was like, Oh, his character was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Um, I can't do it right now. I'm going to do this, but, but I'll remember that. And now Pat and I, I can run him through just like online stuff, this little separate side quest D and D type thing that's involved in the world, makes his character better. Ultimately we'll make him a partner in that, um, Smith so that that character now kind of has, while he's still playing him though, has a home home base, I guess. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. is invested in this world. So now that when, if Pat plays that through successfully, that character is now co-owner of the blacksmith type thing. And Pat, Pat's playing that up really well with the character is a kind of, he's playing it kind of like an underworld mobster kind of character where he's just normal. Okay. And it's, think, a, yeah. it's a new character. It's a new character. Pat? It's a new character. So he, okay. he's using this as a way to build up his rep in the town secretly with the, know have his fingers and everything which is kind of neat it's his own individual characters motivations and goals but he's also doing things with the group on a different adventure right sure so anyway yeah that's uh, there's a lot there but that that's been that was really fun and it worked really really well and everything was very smooth uh and i think everybody had a really great time um and we're we're actually really looking forward to the next one i I enjoyed that it was kind of short right i mean it's we're halfway through um we got some a little bit of the, dungeon crawling puzzling stuff left and the adventure short not the you mean the session or the or the whole adventure the, the adventure i mean yeah we we <clears throat> spent about 4 hours it's amazing how quickly that time can go we we have some people mm-hmm. in our group that complain when things go past 9 or 9:30 at night but yet those same people were playing until midnight and didn't realize it because you're just involved sure. in having a good time uh, yeah 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 so so we we uh so we played about four hours and we've got about four hours left uh, in total. Um, and, okay. and, and it should be complete. It's not, it's nothing earth shattering. It will help the, the city and the region. Um, it will spur on to other one-off little adventures if they complete it or don't complete it. Uh, so that's kind of fun. You know, I'm, I'm, I was real, real happy nice. with it, how it, how it came out nice. hey, or coming out. I should say coming along. Uh, but we're back to, uh, I guess, I think I was reading somewhere back to normal board games next week or this week, tomorrow. So I don't know what we're going to play. Hopefully we'll have something to report back. That's fine. Or we'll yeah, do that's virtual. A sort of, that's sort of a loose schedule we have since, you know, things are, things are always changing. We switched to, you know, virtual board games during lockdowns and stuff last year. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you guys are moving out of that now that you are free to gather in person. 
But there's still, you know, people like me and Fox and sometimes mm-hmm. Cogswell who, you know, don't live in town anymore and are mm-hmm. like, hey, can we, we want to play. And I, th- and I think even some of the guys in town um, either don't come to stuff or are like. Yeah, there's yeah, there's still, I mean, there's just still the, the pandemic isn't dead. Right. So some people have right. every, as if everything is in our society, there's different levels of comfort. And some of those levels of comfort, even our friend group, are still not as interactive. And that is good and fine. Yeah. And right. Yeah. And in some cases, it's that. And then in other cases, it's just like, uh, I don't want to get dressed and drive over there. But <laughs> sure. If you guys are going to play games online, I'm in. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's 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 all different. Um, sure. Sure. But yeah. Anyway, we're I think I I think we're we're playing something tomorrow. But who knows what how it'll work out. Either way, we like sure. board games. I know. For myself and definitely for our buddy Trotsky, there's too many games to play and not enough time to play them. And any time that we're not playing mm-hmm. them is the time we should be playing them. <laughs> type. Oh, idea. I, I, I did. Speaking of games, I played a new game last night. Yeah. Um, uh, my mom has been asking for a Parks and Rec trivia game. Oh, which I'm sure. Oh, exists, right. But I think I, I saw you post this. I'm, okay. I'm not a I'm not a big trivia gamer, so I didn't think of it at all. Like I got back from Gen Con, and she was like, "Did you find any Parks and Rec trivia game?" And I'm like, "Oh, is that what you were looking <laughs> for?" I'm like, I was uh, no, like I don't know anything about that. Um, but but I, I like that she asked that she had you go for something like that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. We we watch that show a lot. It's our go to. Like when there are only a couple people in the house, and I'm sort of half moved out now, but. Um, you know, when we have, we're always, we always have, not always, but we fairly often have, and I talk about this all the time, like, and I'm sure anybody who watches shows with multiple people in their house, their family, or, or roommates, cohab- cohabitation, whatever, um, you're like, oh, there's this show, but we're all watching it together. Now, yeah. if the show is something like Ted Lasso, nobody at any point minds rewatching any episode yeah, right. of that show right. over and over. Some of them I've seen three times. Par- Parks is definitely uh, like that. Parks, I think, is also like that. Parks is for sure like that. So if we're like, oh, well, we're all here, and there's a new episode of All Creatures Great and Small, but Andrew wants us to wait so he can watch it with him, so he can watch it with us. Right. We're like, all right, just put on Parks. <laughs> and so we watch Parks and Rec. Anyway, Mom found this game. It's I believe called Nope for President, and that's Leslie Nope <laughs> yeah, yeah. with a silent K. Um, and it's sort of, I didn't love it. It seems like a game that's designed for people who like to argue. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know if, if, if you've ever heard of a game called Super Fight. Y- yes, um, I have. I am, I'm not a fan of that They had game. boots <laughs> at Gen Con. Yeah, Super Fight is like, uh, you know, you remember being in high school, yes, college yes. with your friends. Maybe you remember this. I remember this. Talking about stuff like who would win, who would win in yeah. a fight yeah. between Thor and Batman. Right, right. Or in in my case, it was like, could the mechs from Mech Warrior stand up to Starfleet officers? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, they're robots on the ground. It's a starship in orbit like it would just could just blast them what's there's no contest here right Right. so that's the it's like that but a whole game right you get cards you stack and you know you're like this and there's always some some provision they're Mm -hmm. like 
oh, it's Thor, but he has no arms or something weird. Right. And and then you argue about it. And I'm like, I see how that's appealing to a certain kind of person. It's not appealing to me, and it's not a game I want to play with my family because my family can be very competitive and stuff can escalate quickly. <laughs> You're like, no. Like we have a hard we have a hard time playing games like Werewolf. <laughs> All right. And so this game uh to get back to the Parks and Rec game. Um this game is kind of like Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanity. The the prompt cards, the judge cards are uh headlines from the Pawnee newspapers. Yeah. So it'll be something like um uh what? Mayor, comma, mayor's dog uh ban squirrels okay and then um and then the cards that the players have are quotes and they'll say it'll be a quote from the show it'll say who said it and what episode and so it'll say something like child labor laws are ruining this country ron swanson uh, whatever episode that is and the idea is you're on campaign and the headline is some scandal. Some scandal has happened and you have to spin it with your spin card that are these quotes. And for us, we just sort of read the cards. But I think you're supposed to like sort of read the Like you have to quote what's on the card, but you can add a bunch of stuff around it. So you like defend your point. You attack your component, your opponent. Um, you try to misdirect. You do all this like you know, political campaign BS. Right. Right. And then, and then the judge picks, but the problem is because the judge knows which answer is whose, it's not anonymous like apples to apples or cards against humanity are. The judge can see who's about to win and Mm. pick somebody out. There's very obvious Kingmaker um, going on there because of the nature of this, like arguing uh, component. But anyway, <laughs> if that game sounds interesting to you, the listener, I'll put a link. I'm sure it's on Board Game Geek, and uh, Mom got it on Amazon. So those games that are that are like deep dive show specific, like what you just described, I, I've played things like Star, even Star Wars ones, you know, Star Wars Trivia Pursuit or whatever. That there, there's you end up just kind of playing them, obviously with people who are also super fans. Um, cause mm-hmm. you ever try to play those with someone who's not, it's like the worst. Someone who's never seen it's it. It's the worst. Right? Or even just yeah. watched a few. I remember playing Star Wars with people who were like casually watched it back in, you know, played it in the nineties or something. Um, but you know, every line, it's just not the same. But anyway, the, uh, those ones like that, you end up kind of not playing the game. You end up just like reading all the stuff. Like you said, you were reading the quotes and, um, then for Trivia Pursuit World, instead of going and playing and getting on the pieces, we were just asking each other questions that were on the cards. You know, it's because that's the part you like. <laughs> You're all reminiscing together and mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. That Yeah, I, I have like I have a game called The Office. It's called The Office. That's all. That's the name what it is. And it's a mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's an Afia trivia game, but it's kind of a lot of trivia in it in the board game part of it. And, and that's all I ended up doing, too, is just reading the the trivia parts for it and not you know we we got bored with the game real quick (laughs) nice 
so yeah. See, what else did did I have? We we played any port? Uh, oh, hey, you know what is uh, the big hotness now? Is did we talk about Back for Blood last week? Did we ever talk about any of that? I can't remember. Yeah, we did. We did. Okay, so that's still going. I guess we're we're still playing on that one. But I had not. Uh, how do I explain my stupidness? I had not really heard of what Microsoft Game Pass was until this i kind of think i maybe heard about it but yeah our conversation last week was like half about back for blood and half about microsoft game pass and game pass so i'm thinking i'm, I'm still thinking about getting it i mean i you got it right i think that's okay. how you have it yeah now yeah. Mm-hmm. uh is there is there any reason why i shouldn't i mean sometimes you can be like oh you it's only like one good game and they never come out with anything or or it's like full of games would you would you recommend it's a subscription service for those who don't know. It's, it's like a $10. subscription. I know when I first got it, the games were like Astroneer and Vampire with a Y <laughs> and maybe a couple other things. And I was like, none of this looks interesting to me. And then the guys on Core are always raving about it. Um, yeah. I mean, I have only had it for a couple weeks. And like I said, I got Back for Blood and uh, Riftbreaker right, on there. Right. So, you know, two games that I was kind of interested in we're on it mm-hmm. um i mean i don't know it's i think you could probably still get a free uh, not a free trial but like a one dollar for the first month trial yeah and even even with not that like 10 bucks for a month and you could see what what's on there and and try it i mean you can go on the microsoft store and browse the catalog um, yeah right that, that's that's kind of what i had to done see what's included the the uh i always have this thing with steam that i'll get jonesing for a genre right like man i really kind of mm-hmm. want to play sure. an old jrpg or something right and uh right. and i don't want to go downstairs and throw in final fantasy one or something so i'm like i'll go and see what's on steam oh it's 20 dollars. oh fine and then you play it for like an hour maybe and then you're done uh that's what sounds like perfect for something like that. Like I got 10 bucks a month and I can go just this great catalog of just stuff and, and give it a try, play it until I, I get my fill and then move on instead of, you know, making a li- steam library of, you know, 500 games that are barely played for, for, you know, $30 a pop. So maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give that a try in the next week or so. It's coming to, it's coming to be winter time, Dennis. So, Got to have more in indoors time game stuff. Uh, did you like? I don't. I know you. We talked about Rift Raker a little bit, like us wanting it and and whatnot. Do, do you like that game? It's Starcrafty, uh, right? Um, well, uh, a little bit. It's um, it's a little bit of a base builder tower defense. Oh, it is okay. Of. So, um, so those waves come after you. I saw like zerging waves all the time. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, it's got the graphical look of um, of like Dyson Sphere or um, I think did we play another one that was top down like that? Maybe not. Um, it's got that kind of look. It's not as as sort of polished and and almost sterile as dyson sphere is yeah um but uh but it has the monsters the the alien 
monsters in it like factorio does so you go and you build these bases but you have to put walls and turrets up otherwise they'll just uh, wipe it out that was wait that wasn't that like the the worst part you didn't like about factorio or was it aaron i can't remember what somebody was like if they just take that part out it'd be much better yeah i mean you can play you can configure factorio however you want um yeah it's just kind of a challenge and a nuisance where i really didn't like it was um uh in satisfactory where it's first person oh yeah for like sure. when it's top down i don't i don't mind it as much yeah but it, it looked pretty in the things i think i might have played the demo for like a, just a little bit um and i didn't i couldn't the demo didn't really give me a good flavor of what kind of game this was um but i think it's the one it's what do they say the system seller it's the one that will probably get me to do the the game pass thing is that that's the one because mm-hmm. I think I, I'll probably end up playing it for just less than a month, right? Which is pretty good for that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, besides that, have we? Uh, see, what else did we play this week? Hey, I I didn't get to say something last week. I was going to ask you a question. This is off topic and a weird pivot, but I'm going to say it anyway. So, what did you think about uh, Captain Kirk going to space, like for reals? Oh, you mean William Shatner? Yeah. Uh, I I honestly didn't really follow that news. You saw that he did, right? Like he they, I guess out of the blue or something. Bezos was like Jeff Bezos, owner, a former owner, whatever of Amazon, creator, owns his own spaceship in his backyard. Right, right. Uh, no, I only saw photos of it and the sort of memes where they had all the other crew in red shirts and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Uh, I thought it was a weird, like art imitates lifetime type thing. Like the, the guy is just did an acting role, Like right? It's just an acting thing. He's not like he is a space guy, right? I, I don't even know. I right. honestly don't know if he was even interested in science fiction in any way before this, before starting. Right. It was no, in the sixties, it was probably just another job, right? Just, just another job. And you know, he, here he's going they sent him to space just because of that. That's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're in an era where very wealthy people can go to space now. I, I, yeah. I don't even know if he paid for it. I think it was just like Bezos wanted to do a promotional thing. Oh, sure, sure. To, to get, yeah. Right. But I still, I still find it amazing that a guy can do an acting job for like a total of what? 12, 13 months at a, in the 60s? you know, of filming time. And then, right. and then he, he gets to go to outer space. You know, it's pr- pretty crazy. Um, yeah. I, I liked, I did like, and, and it's worth actually looking up if you haven't seen it, his response when he came, like when he came out of the capsule, um, mm. it was, it was pretty touching. I was pretty amazed. I mean, he was truly like emotionally moved as a human being. You know, they, they always talk about astronauts sure. saying that they're, it changes their perspective on life in the world, but you could see it on William Shatner's face, how nothing in his life had ever been like that. And he, he was like, I just want to stay in this moment. And I never want to forget it. And I just, he's looking at Jeff Bezos in the eyes, just like, thank you for this. Thank you for this. My, my life has changed. And I'm like, this guy's 91 years old. Who's lived, you know, one of the most famous <laughs> lives ever. And him to have this experience is pretty amazing. Um, and it's funny, Jeff Bezos is just like, yeah, man, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's whatever. 
It's like, geez, right. let, let him have his moment. Let him have his moment. Uh, but it, it's, it's very endearing. It, he, you know, William Shatner's a pretty uh, straightforward guy these days at, at his age. But he is now the oldest person that went into space, which is crazy, right? Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, well, I'm, I'm sure I can't imagine a person who's very, like, I don't know, logical or rational or whatever. But, like, you know, most people have been up in something very tall, right? Like, yeah. you go up a skyscraper or in a hot air balloon. I've never done a hot air balloon, but I've been up in very tall buildings. I'm afraid of heights, so it's a it's a different thing. But, like, you get up really high and you get a different perspective on something. Mm-hmm. Right, and now we have stuff like um, like Google Earth where you can see satellite imagery, but um, you even just see, like, you know, on the idle screen on your Apple TV or, um, or Chromecast or whatever, you see uh, whatever that satellite footage oh, the is pictures, from space yeah. where you, yeah. you can see the real time, like, you know, see the way the lights are along the coasts or... Um, whatever try to figure out what country it is based on the outlines right yeah and and it's always like but so weird yeah you get all the way up in space and you're like wow this is this is something completely different and it's like anytime you see something in person versus on a screen like there was a time when we didn't have all this stuff on screens and people had never seen stuff at all right they go to circuses and stuff because people Mm -hmm. hadn't had never seen things and now we can see things on screens, but it's still never the same as seeing right. it for real. Right. Um, it's like yeah. being able to see that in person would be, I'm sure, like I said, life, they say life-changing. Life-changing, yeah. Yeah. Um, he is... Another thing about space, too, like space travel. Growing up, I always... I guess it was told or I don't know if it's led to believe or whatever the the word phrase is, is that like only the most physically fit, super human people could go to space. Sure. Right. Like you had to sure. be of a, 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 the way NASA ran it, you know, that it was like you had to have the, the perfect genes and rigorous tests and stuff. And, you know, here's William Shatner at 90 years old. Definitely not the, <laughs> the the physical person of no, you know, things. no, and he was just fine, right? Yeah, I mean, when you're when you've got a mission, right? Like you want to get people to the moon, right? It's this whole like all of the demands are higher. You want people that aren't going to go crazy. You want people who aren't, uh, you know, going to have heart attacks halfway across or or whatever, and. All of the technology was so new and so experimental and so expensive, right? It's taxpayer yeah. money when yeah. the, when NASA did it. Right. Um, that, yeah, of course, you've got to have the best of the best or, you know, the right stuff. The, the right stuff. Yeah, that's, maybe that's what it was. Because like there, the, no, the there are no passengers when they went to the moon. Yeah, and, right? and, they, and they have to be, you know, you have to be the cream of the crop type stuff. And, and now, yeah. I, I guess I was always thought that, like, you have to, or you won't be able to survive the G forces and the physical demands mm. on you. And like, well, not really, you know, which, which is good because it makes, you know, hope that I would be able to survive getting out of space. Not that I'll ever go to space, but you know, right, one, right. one can dream. Right. I suspect, um, I suspect also that some of that stuff is not as harsh 
as it was. Like you still have to sit in a rocket and get propelled out of the atmosphere. Right. Um, but I suspect it's, it's easier than it was, uh, you know, yeah, they, 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 they have ago. shocks in the seat now. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Got gyroscopes and stuff to, to, to make it a little easier. Well, I, I thought that was pretty cool in general. Um, yeah, for sure. So have you been watching anything good on the TV? Hey, actually, before we talk about goods on it now, let me, let me do goods on the TV. You watch anything good on the TVs lately? Good, good on the TV. Yeah. Um, well, I started a new anime. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know that I'm quite ready to talk about it. It's on Netflix. What's its name it's called, at least? It's called Komi Can't Communicate. So it's okay. a little bit of wordplay. Okay. That's the way that Japanese people say communicate. It's something Komi. Oh, oh. Um, ah, I get it. I see what they did there. So, so far, I've only seen the first episode, but there's a, a main guy who's their high schoolers, first day of high school. Mm-hmm. And his whole goal is to like read the room, read the vibe of the room and blend in, not stand out. Because when you stand out, that's when, you know, things go, go bad. That's when things go wrong. He just yeah. wants to blend in and you know, get, get through it. And he's sat next to a girl who is the most beautiful girl in school, right? Everybody's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shocked at her and all of this stuff. Um, and her shoe locker is next to his at the entrance. Uh, but she can't talk. She has crippling social anxiety. Huh. Um, she, she tries to talk even when they're alone. Um, and in the first episode, they go through this whole sequence where the two of them, even though he can talk, he starts out talking while she writes on the blackboard with chalk. Mm-hmm. And then then he starts writing, too. And they're both writing and they go back and forth. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I am a sucker for um, stories about communication. Yeah. Uh, it was a thing that I loved so much about Violet Evergarden and to a certain extent, um, the movie A Silent Voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a handful of other things. Like, those are both anime examples, but I, I'm sure I have others, too. Sure. I mean, it's part, of, it's part of what I enjoy so much about Deadwood in a completely different way. Oh, the way they speak. Um, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to go back and watch that, that series again. Just so worth it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Um, but anyway, uh, this seems really cool. I, I don't know yet, like how good it's going to be they're like three episodes into it so um uh time will tell um what else i i watched Uh, i watched a terrible show well i've already kind of bagged on the show another life with um katie sackhoff that mm -hmm. i think it's netflix show Uh, it's one of those ones that like oh my god it got greenlit how did how if that show could get greenlit for a second season anything can um, right, right, and they they did. They launched. Yeah, I've heard only bad things about that. O- only bad things, and I watched the whole. I don't know why. I think it was just you know how bad can this get type thing to watch it through. Mm. Um, so I watched it through the first season, and there's a second season. So I thought I would you know do the same thing. It's like okay, it's like watching a car wreck, right? You, you look at it, mm. you shouldn't be looking at it, but you just can't stop looking <laughs> at it. Um, sure, so, yeah. so I played the first episode of it, and it's kind of hilarious. I want there. I just brought this up because I wanted to report that. It's still bad and still terrible. And Katie Sack- Sackhoff is way trying, way too hard. She is not good. It's trying real bad. Mm. And she's like okay. in, single-handedly trying to carry the show because everyone else is even worse. Um, 
But the first season, one of the probably the largest problem was that it was trying to be a teeny bop. I don't want to say teeny bopper show, but a show with like early 20s cast that were supposed to be the most smartest people in the whole whole planet. They got sa- sent on this mission to to save the world. But okay. all they could like do... Like a CW show? Yes, totally a CW. All they could do was just talk about their hormones and hooking up. And, and you're like, sure. oh my God, this is just so awful. Um, so in the, in the first episode of season two, in the first 15 minutes, they get like hit by some kind of meteor storm or, or big thing. And they murder everyone on the ship. That was mm-hmm. like that. They like killed everyone but like three people, and then and then they're like, oh, but we have this other crew in hibernation. Let's pull them up. I'm like, they just completely replaced the whole cast because they were terrible. That's <laughs> like um, so good. It's like uh, 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 spoilers here. It's like the first, the intro to uh, the Suicide Squad. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Where they just kill them all. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of this was, and I was just laughing that as soon as they killed the first guy, I was like, "Oh man, he had like two lines. That's all he had. He was like a major character." Oh, they killed that girl. Oh, she's dead too. They killed both these people. Oh, I hated them. Um, and then so they murdered them. Got got new people on, and again, just this is all in the first episode. And within the first thirty minutes, they're the new cast of people who tend to be a little bit older, thirties probably, of course, mm. uh, are. You know they're 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 asking each other the questions like why was that other crew uh, um, awakened first because they were like totally losers and they weren't qualified for anything. <laughs> it's seriously like someone they're all the writers and stuff read all the people saying like this is terrible and they're like maybe we should write a whole different show. You know we we went the wrong direction with this. That it, that is pretty funny. yeah. So I I don't know if it's going to get any good. I I got maybe three quarters of the way through that first episode laughed at that bit and was like, okay, yeah, I'm probably done here. Um, yeah, but, but that was fun. That was fun. The other show I did watch was a show. I think you recommended and Shelly recommended called only murders in the building. Uh, on oh, yeah. Hulu. Yeah. This is, I think, have we talked? I feel like we've talked. About I think you mentioned it is, is why I remember. And it's, and Shelly, I know Shelly's mentioned it several times. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's um, it's Steve Martin and Martin Short, yeah, and Selena Gomez, which is yeah, not which is a feels like a weird thing. But that you that, you would expect. That, that works. But there's a funny, yeah. They do they do a little bit of age humor, but not too much. Yeah. Um, they're constantly sprinkling in like clues and foreshadowing. The whole premise is like a true crime murder mystery podcast thing, which is not a genre that I. I'm super into, but I know that a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's it's pretty good. It, it's it I is don't so think funny. It's done yet, and I I haven't seen all of it. But so so Shelly is definitely a true crime podcast person, which I I never before mm-hmm. even knew that was a thing. And and now, right. which she'll go and she'll like we'll be hanging out with people, and she'll mention that she watches her, her what she calls her murder shows, uh, and mm-hmm. and she'll mention it, and then invariably there's always one other person who's like, Oh, I love that too. And that's all I watch. So it's a, it's a bigger amount of people than you might think out there. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a huge, uh, uh, demographic of fans enough that they make a whole show based on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, these, yeah, these, the setup was these three people, there's a crime that a murder that happens in the building and they're, they, they don't have any real connections to each other, but they have this shared podcast of stuff and they, end up right. kind of investigating it because the police won't investigate it, which, which is it's, I like 
so far in the first, I only watched one episode so far. We really liked Sydney and I really liked that. Uh, it feels lighthearted enough, right? It's, yeah, it's got some mm-hmm. serious tones. They, they, it's intentionally sprinkled with like, these characters are real people and they're struggling with own, their own real problems, but it, it doesn't feel too heavy, right? It's got some heavy moments, but not too heavy. And and you got Steve Martin yeah, it's, and, you know, Martin. Considering Short, it's right? a show about murder, it's, it's fairly upbeat and, uh, and lighthearted. Yeah, it's no, it's no Ted Lasso, but it, but it's still right. It's right. it's it's a good Martin Short and Steve Martin, you know, show type type stuff, um, which which, it, which is really really great. Uh, and and I've Martin Short always kind of throws me off a little bit when I when I watch see him. I'm always like, I don't know if I like this guy ever. And then it takes about 20 minutes, and then I realize I do actually like him. Um, mm. And this is the same thing. I think when he was on it, he was like, ah, man, I really don't like this actor. And then it takes about 20 minutes in the show. I'm like, yeah, I like his character. I like him. He's okay, cool. You know? Um, so he, he proves, he proves me wrong every time. Uh, but yeah, I, I watched that one. I think we're going to keep watching that one. We're really happy with how it's going. Uh, I had a conversation with Shelly this morning, which was kind of fun uh, about how she was, she said, yeah, I like how they just release one a week when not like all at once. I was like, I have, how many times have we talked about that on the show? Uh, right. Again and again. It's just great. You know, someone who's not really like a TV or movie person to, to, you know, get that same feeling of I, it's not great always to binge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a guy who does um, uh, sort of amateur writing. Uh, and you know publishes it online and he he'll run through like several stories at the same time and publish them all at the top of the month like the first of the month and i'm like why do you do it that way instead of like doing one a week and and sort of spreading it out yeah and i was like is it so like he does patreon and i'm like is it so that you get subscribers to save and he's like it's actually the opposite like i want the stories to sit for a while so that people can read them and really have time to absorb them before a new chapter comes out. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. It's like the, it's like this thing about TV shows weekly versus binge. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean that mm-hmm. in this, that show we were just talking about the uh, only murders in the building, which I love that title, by the way, it's so dumb. Uh, right. The, the yeah. uh, how many murders they have in that building? <laughs> uh, Right. That's, that's the idea. Right. So the, uh, um, anyway, um, they have a scene in that first episode where they can't listen to the rest of the podcast and they're kind of on a cliffhanger type thing. And they all have that shared of, uh, you know, discussing what, what was that? What was the thing? And oh my gosh. Right. And they just talk about it. And that is something you don't have with binging at all. You just, you know, you have this excitement and this, hangover of long drawn out feeling of you know what what is next or what what is what's going to happen type thing you know you don't want it to have too long you don't want it to be a month in between per se but right uh you know ha- having that time in between is, is it's just good human nature i guess or or stuff so yeah uh shelly recognizing that too was, was just kind of kind of neat i think uh you know i think a lot of the tv models will not necessarily always follow the the Netflix binge thing, which I w- I would have thought like five years ago we were no longer going to see weekly shows again. Yeah, between Netflix streaming and um, 
you know, at the DVD. Yeah. Well, which isn't even really a thing, but that was that was like a new revolution in in TV and media consumption was this like oh, you can buy whole seasons of a show on DVD. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to just be left with whatever shows NBC or USA or whoever are are rerunning. Like yeah. you can get the whole show and watch the whole show beginning to end. Like that changed everything. It it really did. It really did. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, talk about shows. Let's uh, talk about this week's uh, movie. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This week we are talking about the 2012 James Bond film Skyfall. Man, this that's is the, ten years ago. Yep. Yeah, this is the third in the Daniel Craig era. Uh, How many are there? Song okay. by uh, Adele. Uh, the new one is five, I believe. Right? Because oh, okay. you've got Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die. And uh, yeah, I mean, ten years for just two movies. I guess it's not. That's not as many as I thought. I, it feels like they're. Should have been more, but you're right. There's, there's not. Hmm. Uh, so I think I, I recommended this one. Um, I think you, I always say you're, you're the more uh, affluent, affluent of James Bond than the two of us. Uh, I don't know if any of the other James Bond iterations of the different actors and such had as much serial like themes or, uh, connective tissues than this one this series do you know what i'm trying to say here like these all the movies of daniel craig kind of have things that carry over you know like maybe his relationship with m or his he's got a a girl that passed away in one and he's still dealing with it in the other one um but the other ones were pretty much like here's a movie that's that reset next one right Mm Hmm. yeah okay so i wasn't sure if that was just me or you know, that's the way I, I, I kind of like that. I think, uh, as long as it's not too much homework, I guess you'd say. Uh, Right. Right. Yeah. I think historically, uh, the movies all were standalone, you know, part of the nature of the bond character is that he doesn't form attachments. What makes him effective at his job? Um, until, you know, what's generally acknowledged to be the worst, uh, unless you count the original Casino Royale, which most people don't. Um, the worst Bond movie, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service with George Lassenby. Um, the Bond girl in that movie was Diane Rigg, who uh, just recently passed away. She was mm-hmm. in All Creatures Great and Small and um, was Lady Elena Tyrell in yeah, right. Game of Thrones. Um, this is spoilers for that movie, but that movie is long and boring and you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> uh, they get married at the end of the movie. Oh, really? And and then she gets killed in a drive-by. Like, they're driving and another car comes by and bad guys shoot at him and she dies. And it's this, like, guilt on his conscience that comes back. I think they've even brought it back, brought it up in some of the, the Daniel Craig movies. Oh, okay. um, it just sort of cements his character as this, like, don't get attached uh, kind of thing. I, I've done that before type thing. Is it Vesper Lind? Is that who she, who, who she plays? I think in the Daniel Craig, that's the character's name. Vesper Lind. Yeah, that's um, 
That's Ava Green from Casino Royale. Yeah, I, I think I think that's who, who it who it was in this iteration. Uh, but this one, so this one, I chose, and I choose it. It's because it's my favorite Bond, and the reason it's my favorite Bond was because it did like it had kind of real emotions to it, right? It was it really had, gave him a relationship with um, M. And instead of, you know, they can't have a relationship because they're a professional relationship. And I don't mean like romantic relationship, but, you know, like a... Yeah, no. A, a friendship. Uh, the, and just for all the reasons you just said, that, you know, he doesn't have it because there's no attachments. But this this totally opened that up and and said, okay, this is the exception time and this movie is where they let that go and ha- have it happen. Um, and then mm-hmm. uh, you see also find out about kind of why he is James Bond, like with his family and being an orphan. And the, like the, the whole line where she says orphans make the best recruits. And right, that's one, right. that's one of the reasons I really liked this one uh, a whole lot was that, was that personal touch to it that, and, and, and his getting old was, mm-hmm. you know, he, he wasn't the perfect, he wasn't the perfect James Bond that he is in, in every other movie and has been in the last two. Anyway, they, they kind of like just, forgot the whole old thing. Um, he, he's back to being perfect again in the last two movies. So what did you think about this one? Um, I'd seen this before, mm-hmm. um, and but it's been a while ago, so uh, it was it was different to see. Um, the villain here is uh, Javier Bardem, who we saw in No Country for Old Men, uh, playing a very different character here. Right. Uh, much more loquacious. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've not seen Spectre, um, and I don't remember Quantum of Solace very well. Um, yeah. I think you're right that great. this is this is probably one of the best um, of the Craig era. Um, it's very different from the. I mean, the Craig era has always been different from all of the previous. Just like the Brosnan era was different from the guys that came before him. You know, the, the, as much as I say that the bond, uh, franchise makes the same movie over and over. Um, right. There, there are changes and evolutions to the character with each new actor. And sometimes within a given actor's, uh, tenure. Um, For sure. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a much more, um, it's almost like if you're a, you know, if you're a real like diehard or pedantic uh, kind of Bond fan, you could almost say that it's it's almost not a Bond film because it's right, so right. personal. Right, um, I agree. And, but I mean, it still has, uh, it still has a lot of the quippy, you know, the little puns and things um, that he didn't really have in Casino Royale. So it's you know getting a little more into that character reintroducing money penny oh that's a spoiler we didn't tag (laughs) tag. but that's not a i mean her name's in the in the credits if you look on imdb i actually Um, really liked that the way they did that i thought that was really good i mean she she's uh kind of been just a little side character here that he always parts with and not a main character in any way but you know they always had this little thing and then to make it like into a whole backstory very naturally uh was really cool yeah yeah 
for sure. And then let's see uh, the the fight in the Scotland was pretty cool. I just was I I will say I was not a fan of this Bond villain. There's not a honestly there's not a whole lot of Bond villains I really think are awesome anyway. Um, and he was just okay. Um, and he comes in like halfway through the, the movie anyway. You, you know when you, yeah. when you first see yeah him. that's true. Yeah, that's he, true. He's got, he's got he's supposed to have this like. I mean, all of the Bond villains are don't make a whole lot of sense if you look too hard at them. Um, sure, he, sure. They he, have some. Yeah. They have some outlandish, uh, outrageous scheme. I mean, this guy's whole thing is that he wants revenge, sort of on M. Sort of. He has a he has a an obsessive like. Well, obsess obsession. I don't know what else to. Yeah, what like else? He, he has this like manic obsession with M. Um, like he and has multiple chances in this movie to kill her easily, without problem, and then he chooses the weirdest way when he's going to do it, and it's just wildly unsuccessful and makes not a whole lot, lot of sense. When when he like he's got to be captured to break out so that he can go walk in the court courtroom and kill her, but he could have done that without any of that other theatrics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and a lot easier. And you're like, why why didn't he just get his buddies and dress up like police officers and go in there and do that? <laughs> I don't think I I think it's more you know he's clearly mentally unstable, but I think it's more than just killing her, right? Like if okay. you want to just kill her, like but he's trying to send a message, like he wants her to suffer, et cetera, et cetera. I did appreciate um, the trial scene, right, where we yeah. have these these uh, you know. These politicians, these bureaucrats that we're clearly yeah. supposed to dislike, just kind of, uh, you know, condescending to M. And then M gives this big speech about our world and the evil living in the shadows. And do you feel safe? Like, just as the villain and his henchmen, like, bust in and just start shooting bystanders oh, yeah. right and left. I'm like, this is somebody's fantasy where, like, they argue with people. They get in arguments with people and debates and they're like what if somebody made a made a big strong point and then something happened to prove their point to in prove real that life point. and there's no like there's no more debate or discussion oh like, as, soon, as soon as that happened my first thought was like oh man as, if this was real life if someone had busted in there and like tried to take over the capital let's say um they would have said oh of course it happened right when you were making your point. You're not like the CIA person who just could make this happen anyway, you know. Right. It, it right, felt like it yeah. felt like she would they would accuse her of manufacturing it all. Of it um, of it being a big uh big stage. Yeah, a big stage. That's exactly how it felt. Um but along with that and that that when that happened and later on, I also like the development of the next M. The way they did that too. Sure, sure. Right, with, like um, it was, it, again, very natural. I like how they, uh, at the end, the old guy calls her Emma, as if that's mm-hmm. that's her name, and she is, doesn't, like, yeah. question it or anything, and so that's her name, and that's how she got to be M. And then Mallory, which you see him through the whole time, kind of earns his, he earns his place as the next M uh, throughout the movie. Instead of just like, hey, here's the new boss. Same as the old boss. Uh, 
So that that was really good. It this this movie felt very much like a really good way to transition, um, you know, characters or or a tra- it, like it should happen in between Bond movies, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, this is how we got new characters. This is how we get Money Penny. This is how Bond is like this. This is how we got a new M. You know, uh, this is how you know James you know, gets back on the horse again. It really did feel like an in-between thing, but in a good way, like all that character building and all sure. of that kind yeah. of stuff. So I, I dug it. The other thing I didn't like, this is my least favorite Q. I'll say that. Uh, mm. he, he's, yeah, he he's was fine. fine. He's fine. <laughs> right. He's fine. He's just okay. When, when they start putting like hacker kids into, into movies like this, I'm like, ugh, you're clearly playing mm. to a crowd here. Fine. Fine. <laughs> right, right. So what? Okay. So what do we got next week for for our show? All right. Well, we've got stuff on the list, but I thought since it's going to be Halloween over the weekend between uh, this show and next, that we should watch some kind of scary movie. And since last week we were talking about the new, uh, not reboot, but like far sequel, which I would have called four, but I forgot that there was a Scream four. I didn't say that at first. I want to watch uh, Scream. It's from like the 90s, maybe 2000, uh, with Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. Uh, Here we go. We got to watch this one so we can be prepared for for the next 1996. 96. Okay. And the, the new one isn't coming out till next year, so. We'll have time to watch the sequels, unless you want to watch all three of them in one. Wait, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, out to next year. Oh, I thought it was like Halloween time when it's coming. I guess they missed that window. I was thinking that too. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's next year Halloween time. Oh yeah, they 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 sure missed that window. I I uh, how do I say this without being embarrassed about it? I, I I thought the first Scream was pretty good. Not not that it. I mean, for Halloween movie, scary jump scare movies. Um. Mm -hmm. Back, I was twenty then when it came out, uh, sure, so sure. it it fits kind of right in the right ish time when I would like that kind of show, um, and so I kind of liked it. Um, I I don't know if I've watched any of the other ones, uh, but we they showed. I went I went watched Dune this weekend. They had the trailer for Scream out there, and I was sad to hear people like groaning when it came on the screen because uh, I was like, hey, stop! I I like that show. Don't don't pick them. <laughs> Darn nice. you! Oh, that's funny. There was a. I won't talk about Dune yet because I know you haven't watched it yet, and we'll have to talk mm-hmm. about it in upcoming weeks. But it, it was it was another sold out theater type thing, and and it it had. I've seen several shows movies, um, you know, back in the theater that have been full since this one. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that people were. I don't want to say rambunctious, but they were like having that crowd reactions, you, you know what I'm talking mm. about? Where sure. if there's oohs and ahs, everybody's going ooh, or there's always like gasps or, you mm. know, that's why I mentioned the scream thing. They were chuckles and it kind of, it was all throughout the whole place. Kind of, it's, I just sat for a minute and thought, this is a interesting study on mob reactions together. <laughs> you know, how, how mm. it all, all works, but um, sure. Like, um, like a quiet place. Right, right, yeah, right. So th- that show also had, that Dune during that one had uh, 
similar things where the the group had emotions together, which was mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and maybe I could, I could, I noted, maybe I just noticed it more because I, I know the story. So I kind of know the beats and right. I knew this was going to thing is happening. So when it happens, I, I guess I forget too, that the original is so friggin' old and like it was mm-hmm. old when I was a kid and, right. um, it, the book is way even older. I forget that like kids in their twenties and thirties kid, they're not kids in their in their thirties. Uh, have never seen nor heard of any of the things before. Sure. Uh, so them being the, the first day one people, you know, I forgot you, they can have those. This is a big surprise. And they're like, wow. Okay, cool. I you know, didn't realize that was a, an emotional thing like it was now. So it was fun. That's, I guess where I'm going along with that. It's fun to have that in, in a theater. Nice. nice. Uh, sh- you know, that shared thing. Okay. So Scream. Next week. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, man, I think uh, we, we got most of our stuff this week. We're, we're being yeah, running through I think it. so. Um, I watched some other th- stuff a while ago. I know we were going to talk about Mayor of Easttown. Um, mm, yeah. That was just okay. It was kind of dark. Dad and I, because uh, we were down in Bedford, um, we binged it all in, you know, a couple days. Uh, so I don't have really clear memory of it. But uh, but it was just okay. N- nothing to. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Not even, not even really super recommended. Um, animated series called The Great North that I'm pretty sure I talked about already. Um, I haven't seen all of that yet, uh, but it's pretty good. Well, what was? Is it? I, you've got it on our list here. Trek Twelve. That's a game, right? I think I've seen that's you guys. A, that's a board game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was with Fox at the. Um, developer demo where they talked about that game. Uh, it's on Board Game Arena. Um, it's a roll and write game. The theme is your mountain climbing, uh, but there's a there are different boards with a bunch of circles, and the circles have some kind of complex rules. But the basics of it is that you roll a pair of dice, you roll two two dice, and then you have a a chart or a grid of operations. And the operations are lower, higher, add, subtract, and and multiply. Oh, I was I think, told there would be I no think, math. Yeah, there would be no math. So, so if you roll a two and a five, you can play a two, a five, a seven, or a three, or a ten. Okay. Uh, I think... I think multiplication is one. And then on the board, I'm not 100% sure on the scoring because we played on Board Game Arena. It scores for you. Um, But you want sets and runs, right? You want a bunch of fours clumped together, and you want a string from zero to... Maybe the dice start at zero because you get zeros. Um, From zero as high as you can get, like eight or nine or 12... And then you score based on the highest number. With runs, you score like the highest number plus one for each number in the run. Yeah. Right? So a run from five to seven is worth seven, eight, nine. It's worth nine points. Um, same thing with sets. Like you have a set of four fours. That's worth four plus three, seven. And like I said, the 
the board game arena does the math for you. But the catch is those operations are in a box with a number of columns, right? So there are five possible operations and the grid might only have four columns. So you can only pick, you can only pick the lower number four times and you have to put a little, you have to mark the box off when you do it. So eventually you get to a point where you're like, uh, all I can do is multiply now. What am I going to do with a 12? (laughs) Um, But it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty fun. I, and, and they, they developed it uh, during COVID lockdown. So I think once they had the basic framework of the game and they got it, I think maybe they did the board game arena adaptation themselves. Um, They had a bunch of spare time and just did, um, did a bunch of maps. There's a couple like advanced maps where you've got like, you could start from one side or the other and each side of the map has its own grid of operations. So once you get to a certain point, now you've got a whole new set of like subtract operations that you can use. Um, it's so math. It's, this is all math. How, yeah, how, how is it's, how it's is this cool. uh, super popular when it's like let's do math? It's definitely some high school math guy was like. I mean, it's roll and write, so you're you're in a kind of niche genre already. Oh right, right. Um, uh, I speaking of board games, I guess we're going to little back on that. I today I kickstarted backed um, Marvel Dice Throne, which we talked about Dice Throne mm, on the air a couple mm-hmm. times, and now they've got a. Marvel themed one, which which seems to fit perfectly because it's individual characters and these are known characters. Um, I, I'm excited about it. You know, like all Kickstarter thing, and it, it's weird for me. I don't back back a lot of Kickstarter things unless I really like them. But um, the, my biggest problem is that you pay or do a thing and you get excited for it, and then you have like a year or two. You and, wait. Yeah. yeah, it's it's Months. just it's just so weird. I know that future me will be happy with it, but mm-hmm. I mean, I can take that money right now and go have right now fun with it. Right. I could probably go out and buy a game with that money and have some good times. Right. Sure. Sure. But, but now I'm spending it on something that may or not be may or this one's pretty much going to be solid. It's, it's already, you can already see the game and know that it is, but, but anyway, sure. Well, it's, it's a game you already know, but with a theme, uh, with a skin from a from an IP that you like, so yeah, and and it has like they already have all like you can see the character cards, like character sheets. You the game's done, right? I um, see, and, and you can see it, like the, the the hero boards. You see all the boards, you see all the dice, you see all the stuff. Um, so you're like, oh yeah, this is very much Doctor Strange, and this is cool how they how his dice work, and you know he's casting spells, and this is how. Wanda's reality manipulation works. Like, oh, that's really that's really cool, and what they've done with it. So anyway, I can see the whole game, so it's not like it's a surprise in any way, um, which is kind of cool. But the, the neat thing about it, and I don't file, I don't do. I just mentioned I don't do a lot of Kickstarters, so I don't know if this is big or not. But it, I got the little notification that at noon today that it was you know being launched, so that I can make sure I back it. And I went on and I backed it pretty quickly, but it just kind of like. The number of backers and the the pledge dollars, which was a hundred thousand dollar goal they had to get to, just kept racking up. As you could see it, like a little ticker thing, yeah, yeah, ticking up really quick. I I've never watched that, but th- there are now they are ten hours uh, off of launch, and they've I'm looking at it now seven hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars. You know, over three quarters wow. of a million dollars 
in wow. 10 hours. Like that's crazy, crazy, right? I mean, yeah. how do you make, what's the per hour dollar amount that you just made? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is, that is so incredible that that way, granted, I'm sure there's a very big chunk of, um, what's it called? Licensing fee that, that happens. Here. Sure. Sure. They're paying, you know, they're paying Kickstarter some, they're paying Marvel a decent amount, I'm sure to license their IP, but yeah. And of course it's a board game. So, you know, the margins on board games is not massive. Like most of it goes into manufacturing. Yeah, exactly. So, so they'll, they'll do okay. Right. But they're not, they're not like pocketing that three quarters of a million dollars or, I mean, they still have 20 days left to go. So I'm certain they will, they will cap a million dollars. Um, but you know, this is just like you said, the, the margins on board games are so small being able to get a lot of people is, you know, that's, I guess this is the way where you say putting the IP on it brings in people, which is the only way you can really make money with small margins, right? You have to have more mm-hmm. people uh, to yeah, do it. So for sure. good, good on them. I think it's USAopoly, I think is, is who, who does it mm-hmm. um, or, or that kind of that, those people. Um, it's, it looks beautiful. Artwork is fantastic. Really, really like it. Um, and like I said, the, the gameplay already is solid and the characters are neat. And, uh, since it won't be, it's not supposed to be out till June of next year. I can see this being the big Gen Con tournament thing is that they'll have, you know, sure, Marvel, sure. Marvel tournaments, which is pretty exciting to me because for the first time I'll actually own the, the stuff instead of just going mm-hmm. into it blind. Um, nice. but, but yeah, so anyway, I, I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of excited about that. I'm still nervous. I don't understand. I'm, I get real nervous about these Kickstarter things and you need to like help me feel better or not how this works. Like after it's done, it's all up in the air on how I get it. Like sometimes some people make, send you an email and you have to go sign a different thing. And then sometimes oh, yeah. they, it's, have, it's different for every there are a handful of ways that people do it and there are third party uh websites i guess i don't know what word to use there um like uh backer kit and a couple others like that that are basically a specialized kind of storefront like a like an e-commerce uh storefront and those are for um you know like if you back a new um uh, mystic veil from aeg for example yeah. and i don't know yeah. if aeg even does kickstarter but say that's the thing and they have a big deluxe you know tier they have a bunch of tiers they're like you can get the game here you can get two copies of the game here if you're a store you can get 10 copies or if you do this one we're gonna give you the play mat and the wooden pieces that go with it and you do you know you back it at the normal tier and then it ends and you forget all about it well, then when you're going through the final, because Kickstarter doesn't collect your money until the pledge, the campaign ends. Yeah. And then you go to that website, BackerKit, and I don't know if BackerKit is even the right word, um, is even one of them. But you go to that website and ostensibly you're there to fill in your address, right, information for them to ship it to you. But you also have the opportunity there to add stuff to your cart, right? Like Board Game Tables does does games all the time. And they're like, hey, you backed this game and we're going to send you three copies of it. But we have these other games. If you want to add on to your campaign, mm-hmm. they're normally $17. But if you back this campaign, you can get them for 15 
um and it's it's a whole new like checkout session and they'll um you know just charge you the balance right the thing that you kickstarted will be in the cart but it'll be free because you already paid through kickstarter um right and then sometimes sometimes it's just within kickstarter and they'll go and say you know we need you to verify your address so we make sure we send it to the right place right see that's the part that gets me gets me nervous because because i don't know i'm always worried that i'm going to miss that like if you don't pay attention you're going to miss it right and 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 this is one of those like those uh, websites i use an email address that goes somewhere else but Mm. like like i have probably done that because um at the time when i was backing a lot of kickstarter campaigns um they send out a lot of updates. They right? do. They They're send, like, I do. Oh, yeah. we have the new card art for the thing. And I'm like, I don't care. Just tell me when it's done and that I can yeah. play it. Like, I'm not yeah. that invested. That I, And I know that the value proposition for people on Kickstarter often is that, right? Like, a mm-hmm. lot of people want those updates so they can be, they can feel like they're involved in the process. Um, yeah. But for me, it was just another kind of spam that I didn't read. Yeah, that, that's exactly what this kind of is right now. It's like, but they it's, usually they usually will send out a different kind of email, so it's maybe not flagged the same, and then we'll send out multiples. They're like, "Hey, we didn't, uh, we still didn't get you." And of course, Kickstarter has your information, so I think there's a fallback. There's like a default. the The confirmation is just there if you need to change it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I always have that, that nervous feeling that I'm going to, because these are so far out, you know, and right. stuff that I'm going to mean, just forget the, about them. The good news is that stuff happens at the end of the campaign, which is usually just like a month, right? So, like, okay. they won't ship until next year, but the campaign will be done in a month, and that's when they'll do the... Um, I, the I, I would ideally like stuff. them to just be like, once it's done and fulfilled, they just bill me. And I have my shipping address and it's just done. Like right, right as soon as the campaign is over, it's done. And then I just shows up and I don't have to do anything else. It's, it's weird that they have to do all these like extra middle steps. And I, I do think that's the default. And I, I think the only reason they do that is, you know, a campaign runs for a month. Your address Mm -hmm. could have changed. Uh, I I, I guess that's that's, all. You know, you you pay your credit card, whatever. Well, anyway, I, I am a, there's three right now that I've backed that are in my, I'm looking through there. Three that I've got. It's uh, one deck galaxy. Uh, th- this one here that I was just talking about um, and tiny Epic dungeons. And, and those three yeah. are very kind of cool things that I really do look forward to playing whenever I get them. And uh, I would buy them as soon as they came out anyway. And the reason I like back st- kickstarting some of these things is because uh, if they're very popular, it's like a PlayStation. You can't get them. Like you just can't get them for a long right. Gloomhaven. You could not get forever, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, Mix versus Minions. They had multiple print runs, and they were sold out immediately day one. And if you didn't get it, mm. you're never getting it. Sure. Uh, so uh, that's what I do like about Kickstarter. And I think Kickstarter is a pretty cool thing in general. I I, I generally like it. It's weird, but I uh, I like it. And you know, but it still makes me nervous. And hopefully, these will yeah. come in, it, and I'll give you a good review. It makes self publishing more accessible. Yeah, yeah, but but they don't always self-publish. It's like you got Asmodee making Kickstarter. Sure, of You're course. Like, like that's that's the risk. But for you know, for for every Asmodee, there are a dozen like yeah. guy in his basement with an idea. Yeah, 
That's true. Uh, kind of things. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. Well, man, I think that's all we got for today. We yeah, saved yeah. two or three lives with this week's review of Skyfall, the old one. Scream is happening. Scream. Yeah. We'll see if it holds up. I'm sure it does not. <laughs> all right. You've been listening to the Front Porches episode 218. Uh, thanks, as always, to our friends, Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you want to reach out to us uh, via email to suggest a movie that we should watch and discuss or a TV show or anime or whatever, uh, our email address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to our website as well, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there. There's also a woefully out-of-date uh, list of, of movies that we already have in our in our queue. Uh, if you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.